Hello and welcome to Caffeinated Cats, a regular podcast featuring students, faculty, and staff exploring Chico State and life around the campus. Welcome to this special edition episode of Caffeinated Cats. I am Zach Justice, Interim Director of Faculty Development. I'm Tracy Butts, Chair of the English Department. I am Leanne Woods, and I am the one of the student co-directors for the orientation program here at Chico State. And I'm Mary Walmark, student life and leadership. Let's all take a drink of some coffee. All righty. Mine is delicious. Delicious. I don't know what the rest of you got stuck with, but I got some sort of honey dream happening over here. Uh-huh. I got mocha, you know. I can't read mine, but it's delicious. <laughs> That's a good sign. Uh, yeah. yeah. What yeah. does it's really it taste good. like to you? Um, it's a little sweet, not too sweet. Oh, nice. Maybe a little nutty. It might say nut on there. Okay. There's a chance. Oh, nice. That's some good handwriting. That might be nut. And I don't know what mine is. It is a special edition creation from April, mm-hmm. who's now our favorite Common Grounds barista. Okay. Um, we want to thank our sponsor, Common Grounds. Uh, common grounds, good coffee, better people. Oh, that's How was so that? good. That's really good. That's like a prize winner. Yeah. Do you work at Mad Men? Is that, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, am I not dressed? Kind of, you're dressed yeah. like yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Or, uh, scotch really later in your office. Oh, yeah. whoops. <laughs> <laughs> we already moved past the alcohol episode. Or, oh, that's right. <laughs> we did that. All right. So what are we talking about today? Well, we're going to do a speed round here because there are just so many good topics to choose from and because of the vast brain power in this room, uh, I'm sure that we will just knock these problems right out of the park. Okay. So uh, Tracy and I were talking, this is, what was the Larry Wilmore segment? Um, Keeping it 100 or something like that. Yeah, Yeah. this is the Keeping it 100 uh, episode of Caffeinated Cats where we have some rapid fire things to get through. And you're going to hear something just a little bit different this time. Mary's got an interval timer with a a buzzer on it to hopefully keep us on track because we have seven topics to speed through today. So I'll do my best to wrangle this unruly bunch. Mm -hmm. Mary, do you want to hit our first timer? Here we go, people. First topic. Tuition hike, go. Oh, I think it should go, but I guess it's too late for that. Um, that that is the thing, right? The Tuition decision has, hike been, has made. been made. Leanne, yes. Um, I think it's ridiculous that we are now going to have more debt. Um, the money needs to come from somewhere, but I don't think they should be asking students to pay for it. I just think I think the excuse of but we haven't raised tuition in six years is the lamest reason ever to raise tuition. The whole thing. I mean, honestly, it all comes down to the legislature isn't funding us and the trustees who apparently are completely out of touch with the student population thought that, oh, well, it's only two hundred seventy dollars. We got kids living in cars. Where are they going to get two hundred seventy dollars? Right. Yeah, it is tough to reconcile this move with some of the studies that came out of the chancellor's office last year about food insecurity mm-hmm. and housing insecurity, two things that I think we'll probably touch on in future episodes in large part. But it's it's tough to reconcile those things together. I was I was doing a little bit of reading about what the what the additional funding is going to be used for. I don't even know how much the trustees generally ask the legislature for, but they made an ask for, I think, something in the neighborhood of $340 million. Legislature came back with half that. 
The interesting thing is the tuition increase doesn't come anywhere near covering that if you call it a shortfall because I don't know you know that the money for the tuition increase it sounds like some of it's for to hire new faculty it sounds like some of it's for graduation initiative funding which we'll get to later on but it's all a little bit fuzzy to me and um well it's I think it's a little purposely fuzzy because part of part of what we know is happening is we had a round of raises in the CSU system on all levels because all of our positions are underfunded. Now, I know there are certainly other positions and particularly locally, there's lots of jobs that don't pay as well as on campus. But in education, we're underfunded. So we're the CSU. And it's like we talked about, Tracy, faculty are making more money at Butte College and in the UC system than they are at the CSU. So we were way behind the curve. And then this hike comes. So we know some of it has to offset that because it wasn't just faculty who got raises. Then all of the other divisions and unions who were also underpaid got the Me Too raises. But to put that on the backs of our students... That's just ridiculous. Especially when so, we're having conversations about increasing graduation rates and uh, eliminating achievement gaps. And this seems to be very counter to those efforts. Leanne, real quickly, mm-hmm. I, I nobody's happy about it, but have you heard like a range of reactions? People like, oh, I'm so upset versus like, oh, no big deal. Like, Yeah, I've definitely gotten both. I think some students who aren't as involved, I guess I would say, don't really have that much of an impact. They think, oh... Um, but then Finish those, yeah, those, <laughs> you okay in there, Mary? Um, it those, won't stop. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're okay. good. Okay. But, um, those students who do see this on a daily and really work, I think with faculty and staff and, um, have such an impact on the campus, I think they are heated by this and think it's extremely unfair. Great. Good. Observ- uh, not great. Like great tuition increase. I'm just saying. I think we did a reasonable job with our first okay, blitz segment. Okay. Three minutes. Okay. I'll be better Mary, with the timer. Mary, restart the timer as we move on to our next topic. Chico, one of the least happiest cities in the United States. Go. I'm going to say I suspect that they took this poll right at the beginning of allergy season because I'm going to tell you, if you were to ask me right now, like how I feel about Chico, I'd be like, I can't stand this place, right? Because the allergies, yeah, and and, and if you don't suffer from allergies, I, I swear, I, th- I think you have a superpower, and you have been giving a lottery. But the allergies here will kill you. I think there's that, and I also think if you look at what you know, it's not city of Chico like city limits. It's the incorporated area. It's pretty much Butte County. And one of the things we know to be true is that Butte County is a poor county. Butte County, uh, you know, is a very conservative county. Butte County is, uh, does know the meth, if you will. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's, you know, there's two kind of two segments of society. But I think this, this outcome just tells us that we need to be really paying attention. You know, when we're on campus, we're on the island and it may be all dreamy. But it's not that way everywhere for everybody. And hopefully we can figure out some ways to make it better for everybody. That's a that's a critical observation. I, you know, the difference between Chico as a city and the surrounding areas, it's not just, oh, it's a good one place and it's about another place. But it creates a natural tension because of the demographics of people that are involved, the kind of jobs that they have. And I think that natural tension does create uh, some some unhappiness or some some perception of that. Um, yeah, no, I think that like who took this test? 
Do no. we know? Oh, you mean like Nobody who was actually Gallup? Pulled? Yeah, like oh, who? Gallup did it, but yeah. yeah. But I mean, did they get a wide variety of everyone from Chico? Was it at a was it specific people? Because I mean, I love Chico, but then yeah. again, we're on this little island here. Damn, that Ooh, is fast. Look at that. You got that timer this I, time. I'm killing it right now. <laughs> okay, our next topic, awkwardly sandwiched in to the unhappy part. <laughs> why choose Chico? Well, I came to Chico. Um, I came here my junior year of high school, walked on campus, and fell in love. Super cliche and cheesy, but I applied to other CSUs, but I really didn't care. Once I found out I got Chico's acceptance, I was told my parents, all right, folks, I'm set. Um, I think it's just always been the place for me, and it reminds me of my hometown a little bit, Sonoma. Um, And so it has that small town feel, but then when you're here and you're on campus, I mean, I walk around and feel like I'm a part of a family every day. So I think just Chico has such a unique personality um, that I think if people come here, it's a really special place that you can get involved with. You know, Chico's not perfect, but Mm -mm. dang, dang, it's getting better every day. We are really in an upswing right now. I think you know, for people who are looking for a place to really get an engaged quality education and live in a really pretty community that has a lot of town and gown interaction and a lot of potential to improve on that town and gown interaction. I just think Chico is a great choice. I, I would I don't have children and I've worked at places that I would not send my child, but I would absolutely send my kid to Chico State. I think it's a great opportunity. One of the things I was thinking about, and I did think about this in relation to the last topic about the least happy places, and that's that most of the other places that uh, people have real problems with, you know, there's a systemic large scale issue that's difficult to tackle, right? Like environmental conditions or economic conditions that are beholden to a much larger system. Chico has its problems. Chico is a beautiful place to live. It's a beautiful place to work. And the problems are all solvable. That's what I love about living here is I don't feel like there's anything that comes our way as a community, as a town, as a campus that we can't put our heads together and make some headway on. And that's one of the things that I love is the sort of can-do spirit that I feel like permeates the campus and the community. Agreed. Yeah, I 100% agree. I like that you can get anywhere in about 15 minutes. It is Oh, nice. my God. The oh living is easy. Seriously, yes. the no traffic. <laughs> I love Rode my know, bike today I'm, for the right. first time in a while. And then traffic, you, you know, you Solid. might have to sit at a light once, right? I mean, twice is, 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 is an odd thing. Yeah. Right? But, and when you do, you're like, what is this like, madness? What is this? <laughs> this is ridiculous. I have to Why be somewhere. <laughs> Look at that. You are nailing that. This is like science right now. Science is real. Science is real. You have an A so far. Okay, nice. I like Amen. it. The student is grading me. Okay, uh, next topic, smoking on campus. To puff or not, does vaping count? So many possibilities. Mm. Oh. I you don't know. know. This just seems so like 1980s to puff or not. It, this is a tough one because... Here, I I work in a job where I have to tell people that they can't have their barbecue for like their barbecue and burgers for a fundraiser. There's all these rules about where that can happen. And then I'm walking through the uh, tobacco smoke stream of somebody as I try to get to the next building. And when we're talking toxins, I mean, I'm pretty sure that secondhand smoke's a lot more dangerous than the barbecue. 
So I, and I also see it, you know, I'm required to do alcohol and tobacco training now for clubs and organizations, but you can't sit in the Yabba Dabba Doo lounge outside the library unless you smoke. I think they <laughs> issue cigarettes as you sit down. So what's up with that? Every time I walk by, somebody's like, have, have a cigarette. Yeah. The Mar- no. I saw the Marlboro Man. Over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, the, the, there's an interesting dynamic here because whenever this comes up, one of the real pushback, some of it comes from students who smoke, but a lot of the pushback comes from the people that live in the residential areas adjacent to campus. Because in a world where smoking is banned on campus and you need to smoke, basically everybody walks over to the huh? mansion district on uh-huh. lunchtime and smokes. And so that's where some of the pushback comes from, not just from the from the folks there, but basically everybody that lives in an area and the circle around campus. I'm a little biased to this question. Um, I have a nephew with cystic fibrosis. So air and smoke and all that is such a big factor for him. So I'm always like, no, smoke, no, no, no. Um, so I think, I mean, happy medium, maybe designated smoking areas. We kind of have them now, but they're... I don't know something along about those enforced smoking. Yeah, areas. some. Yeah, I don't know. I think that it's enclosed in glass. Yeah, enclosed oh. <laughs> in glass with no air. Um, oh, shame box. <laughs> that would be called uh, one of those old like um, computer lounges in in Paris. If you ever <laughs> happen to go to one of those at any point, and you just oh, walk man. in, and it's just like. Uh, I'm sorry, Leon. Yeah. Go no, no, I like it. Um, so I don't know. I think that, like you said, banning it, it'll send everyone off campus and right to the edge of campus, which you still have to walk through. I mean, I want to ban so it and also offer smoking cessation programs on campus. Cause I, I appreciate that nicotine is an addictive drug and anybody who thinks it's not, is not paying attention, but being raised by smokers, I have the lung capacity of a common gray squirrel because of it. So I'm really sensitive to it. I'm against it. I'm sorry it was ever invented and I want to help anybody who's hooked off. I want to share one quick thing. I work on the fourth floor of the library and Friday of last week, it was raining pretty much all day. Ah, And I went and used the bathroom, the men's room on the fourth floor. Somebody had smoked a cigarette in the bathroom. I was like, are we in high school right now? Like what happened? They needed it. That's crazy. This undergrad that was in there and I got into a comfort. We're like, who does? Who does does that? Yeah. It's like a time machine. The person who had been like, <laughs> someone's on the stall. The like, shaking ah. nicotine person. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, our next topic is nationally and with local implications, the war on hunger may have been replaced by the war on the hungry. So mm. thoughts and share. Who's for it? I think it's my first. No one. <laughs> We're taking away food from old people and it children. Meals on wheels and free school lunches. Come on, man. And, and, and I mean, and even if you, you boil that down, not even just that, I mean, it's people's independence, right, for, for people who um, benefit from Meals on Wheels, right, that, that they're able to stay in their own homes because, right, someone comes through to, to provide them with food. And also um, basic human interaction with, with other people, right? I mean, it, it's That's not a big just thing that, that, that people yeah. are, are hungry for food, but also for, right, the, the conversation in the presence of others. Um, so, so how do we then get into conversations or debates with people who insist that this is a Christian nation and yet, 
right? Forget the very charitable aspect of Christianity and think that it would be okay, right, to say that's not a concern of ours. Well, we always say food is love, right? We have food at events because we love our students and we know the show for it. Well, food is love. We, where is the love, Tracy? That's no what love. I want to know. Um, well, I just think that when it comes down to it, you can't function without food. I want to work in education and I'm volunteering in a classroom with, um, it's a special education classroom at a elementary school. And every morning they have breakfast for them there because they don't know what's going on at home. They don't know if they have food or not. And I mean, all of my classes and I've taken a ton of education classes. If your students are hungry, they'll fall asleep in class. They're more irritable. They won't be able to function. And I mean, that goes for everyone, not just children. You need to be able to function on daily life. And if you don't have food, you can't. Yeah. You know, Mulvaney, the White House budget director, did this Sunday morning talk show circuit. And, Satan. And he, uh, he, he said some really interesting things as part of that, as part of the press conference. And one of them was, you know, we're not going to take people's money to fund a program with no demonstrable evidence that it's effective. And it was one of those things where – I was struck because I love that standard, right? If, if a program isn't effective, we don't have evidence that it's effective. We're, 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 all, not, we're, we're not, in education. We're all know, about evidence-based. We're not going to do yeah. it. And But then it also struck me how inconsistent that was with what happened with the budget, right? Like there's there's nobody there's, – there's no study. There's nothing that says that allocating billions of dollars to build a border wall is going to be effective, right? right? Like there, there's no evidence about that. And I also read a sort of compilation piece where they're like, yeah, there's no evidence that Meals on Wheels is effective if you ignore all the peer-reviewed scientific studies about how effective Meals on Wheels is. And, you know, it's one of those things where I'm actually all in favor of that standard. Just apply it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my mother retired from Norfolk Public Schools, and she worked in a school cafeteria. And for many of those students, sometimes that was like the only meal they got a day. And she often, you know, had money that she could pay for a kid to get lunch. Or, you know, she would slip somebody a little extra, bring them treats from home and things of that nature. Because she knew that that sometimes that was it, right? And that was the thing that that kept them going. I I want them to substitute teach in a second grade classroom on a day when the kids get food and a day the kids don't get yeah. food. There's your oh, evidence based right there. Right. Yeah. Right. Give me evidence based. Okay. Okay. Next topic: graduation initiative. Cracking <laughs> 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 up with Mary's uh, description here. Are we secretly just trying to push people out, or is this a good thing? You know. Well, I, I think you know. I'm on a graduate initiative graduation initiative committee, as many of the people in this room are. And generally speaking, of course, we're all working toward helping students get to the point of getting a degree. But it's challenging when we get kind of hard and fast numbers from the chancellor's office that says, yeah, you're doing pretty good compared to everybody. But P.S., we want you to do like 40 percent better. And it's like, OK, we just hold their head under until they graduate. <laughs> you know, we're, we're left. There, there are so many reasons that students are in school longer that it's really hard to just magically address it. And I think that people have this really unrealistic view that students are just screwing around and they're really not. They're working, they're taking some remediation, 
they're you know changing a major because they didn't even know that other thing was available and they they didn't really know enough coming yeah. in they're studying there's, abroad they're studying mm-hmm. abroad there's all kinds of really good reasons so it's really challenging but i totally want to save students money and i want them to get to graduation so it's hard and we also want to recognize too that right as the population of the state increases that there is more demand and yet funding for our higher education is not keeping a pace and so, you know, we sort of need to, to move people along in order to, to be able to serve yeah. more people and things of that nature. But I, I think that, that, you know, there has to be a, a, a better way to approach this rather than a one-size-fits-all. I think, you know, allowing some flexibility and letting students to determine their pace. Because there's some people who want to be out of here in three, yeah. right? Uh, and there's some people who are like, yeah, I'm going to take my time and drive Free college slowly, if, you, you know, if you graduate or, in four years, free. Well, that? that that would help. There's an incentive that would that would definitely increase. Um, I mean, I'm doing a fifth year. I am. I'm my fourth mm. year is right now. So Get out of our podcast. I know. <laughs> Let me just leave now. Um, but I, I mean, I've had to do a little bit of prep work coming in, but then I've just been involved my pretty much all four years here. I take the right amount of units, but then last this past semester, I was like, ooh, maybe I want to pick up a minor in special education because that's kind of what I'm leaning towards. So that's what's kind of pawning me to do my fifth year. But I mean, I never just was like, oh, I'll just take the semester off or whatever. But it just took me five years. So I think and I know a lot of people who it did. And I know a lot of people who are getting out in four years. So I think it's a total mm, personal. <laughs> like, it, every person's different. Um, I think that it's important to try to get people out in four years because if you're not, you're kind of holding the spot for someone who can come in. Um, but, I mean, at the same time, some people, it just takes a little bit longer. So I thought I, you were going to cuss. Oh, no. I wasn't <laughs> sure. <laughs> Where? I think it's a total. <laughs> Next time. I, 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 I have probably more enthusiasm for graduation initiative than any other person on the campus. I was like really excited when it came out because of the access issue. I like feel really strongly about it. And I mean, truthfully, there are good reasons why sometimes it takes students longer to graduate. And there are bad reasons that we as professors and administrators and staff members that we're responsible for and can do something about. And what I'm really hoping is that this shines the light of day on some of those bad practices, those bureaucratic hurdles, those classes with a 40% failure rate that need work and the professors need to to do work to be better at whatever what it is that they're doing. My hope is that this shines the light of day on those things and compels us to get better at those things so that we don't have to get rid of those other things like study abroad and mm-hmm. like the discovery of a minor along the way that you think is going to be valuable for yeah. you. You know, let's, let's, let's start with getting rid of the stuff that solving the stuff that we just know is bad practice. And, yeah. That and, I'm for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Me too. Just, I, I, I just don't want like skepticism about losing the good stuff to become right, an right. excuse to keep the bad stuff. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. I agree. Last topic. All right. We're going to make it. We, I like your inner, your, what is it? The lap timer or the interval timer? It is the interval timer. Nice. Um, Canada for the win. International students are choosing Canada instead of the U.S. in droves. Drake. Um, <laughs> so I, I just have one piece of context I'll add for this before I turn it over to everybody else. Uh, the 
So there was an NBC News report the other day, and it's also been on Inside Higher Ed and some other pieces. 40% of the universities in the United States are currently reporting a significant drop in international enrollments. And um, I'm sorry, let my Cana- lack of surprise <laughs> fall Canadian to the table. Canadian universities are bursting at the seams. And they are, they are up front. They're like, yeah, Donald Trump is problematic. But has he been good for, for our business? Yes. <laughs> That's funny. Mm-hmm. So this is what I'm thinking. Canada. Trudeau, Drake, Putin. I mean, how do we compete with that? What was the last one? Not Putin. Putin. What, what's the little fries with the gravy the and the cheese? The Putin. Oh, the Putin. Yeah. Okay, yeah. sorry, sorry. I went straight oh, Russia yeah, there. No, I was not, like, not Russia. <laughs> but Putin has taken over Canada? You got, you got Russia on the brain. Yeah, I mean, you know, sorry. And, and, Gee, I wonder why. And here's the thing. I mean, it's not been good for business for us, particularly for for, for um, institutions of, of higher learning who can then charge international students or at exorbitant rates to come here and who have been dependent upon yes. that tuition to be able to fund other things, right? Or to be able to, fo- to fund domestic or local students. And then suddenly to say, you know, you're not welcome. But we forget that a lot of our tech, a lot of our medical people, right? Entertainment. I mean, a, a lot of industries that, that, that we are dependent upon you know, benefit from like internationalization. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good until you need a new heart. <laughs> well, we keep saying, we keep saying, right. And, and I believe Betsy DeVos wants to treat us more like a business. Yeah. Well, you're just screwing us right now. Okay. You're taking money off the table. You're taking talent off the table. You're depleting us. And we are a business and we're a huge employer education. So what's going on with that? jerks <laughs> you know this is this is popping up in interesting ways one of my uh, my sister-in-law actually sent me this article uh college of the redwoods in eureka they're on the verge of getting sued because there's an iranian student there that they delayed his uh class enrollment and then he didn't meet the threshold that was established by homeland security and so he was denied entry Great. Oh and God. I mean, it just sort of brings it home like the the concerns about this, they're, they're not real. They're, they're not made up. You know, these yeah. are these are real things, real hurdles that people are facing that they haven't faced before. And they're going to find somewhere else to go to school and we're all going to suffer. It's a buyer's market. Mm-hmm. We're all yeah. going to Canada. Oh, Canada. <laughs> I got to learn that song. I, I think Canada's going to limit, you know, certain people like our uh, entry into the company. Why did you look at company. me? <laughs> <laughs> like us in general. We're like enough Rabble rousers who run a podcast. You're yeah. right. Do you have to like Drake to go? Because that's not. That's I'm not uncomfortable with him. Mm. Yeah. Oh, What's his deal? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Justin Bieber, then. I would say he's also from oh, there. Oh, my God. The Biebs. The Biebs. We're over two for me so far. Oh, yeah. So you all really in trouble. Okay. Mm-hmm. Trudeau, Trudeau, Trudeau. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to say that three times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that gets us through our first um, Ain't Nobody Got Time for That slash Keeping <laughs> 100 uh, podcast. And definitely a different format for us. Hope you enjoyed it. And Leanne, it's now time for your impossible question. All right. Okay. Uh, you are working in international education and you're on the phone with a student from, let's say, Iran that's considering coming to Chico State. And they're also considering going to the University of Montreal. Tell them why they should choose Chico State instead. 
Oh, wow. Um, you can do it. I know. <laughs> well, I would tell the student that, okay, why don't you want to choose Chico? Why, what's pulling you to Canada? And based on that, oh, I'm nervous, I'm scared, Trump, whatever the answer is, the greatest things come out of being the most nervous and the most scared. You don't know what's going to happen here. I would challenge you to come to Chico. It's been the best thing that's happened to me. I'm here. I can help you along the way. I'll meet you for coffee once a week, whatever it is. But if you're not happy here by the end of the year, then you can go to Canada after that. But challenge yourself to come to Chico because you don't know what opportunities you may be missing. Nice pitch. Did anybody oh, write that down? Yeah, so we got to give that to the Office of International Education. Yeah, okay. <laughs> they need that strap. Because <laughs> right now, yeah. I got a little tear. That's solid. <laughs> All right, closing thoughts? Okay. Uh, that was interesting. Yeah. I'm exhausted. I'm not, yeah. It's, it's, I feel like we worked. Did anybody else feel like they did push-ups? Yeah. Because they feel like it. Yeah. yeah. But oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Will we do it again? Will we try it again? I you know, we'll see. We kind of had a, a long time in between so. podcasts, and so there was a little bit of a backlog of stuff. Next podcast, we may devote the entirety to these beautiful mugs. Those mugs are bomb. Um, you can buy one from Mary for only uh, five monthly installments of thirty nine ninety nine. Thirty nine ninety nine. Purchase today. We throw uh, we're a free one. Go, putting it on sale thirty nine ninety eight. Oh, when that? Oh, yeah. when that yeah. drops. Free yeah. shipping and handling. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most yeah. the Venmo account. Yeah, (laughs) what she said. (laughs) All right, thanks for tuning in. We look forward to uh, meeting up with you again for more discussions of Chico State and life on campus. Bye. Ta-ta. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Caffeinated Cats. Don't forget to subscribe and like us on Facebook. I want to thank Stephen Houston and Malcolm Ashton for their production of Caffeinated Cats. Caffeinated Cats is not representative of the views of Chico State Administration, the campus, or any people other than the hosts and guests. See you next time for another exploration of Chico State and life around the Chico campus.